0: All right, guys, so welcome to the Leverage Podcast. I think this is episode 14, never really know for sure. Um, We've got my good buddy, uh, Daniel Johnson on, who, uh, fuck, how long have we known each other, Daniel? It's been like nine years or something? Seven lifetimes, but we'll go with your answer instead. (laughs) Several lifetimes, I like that one. And um, I originally met Daniel back... When I was a a student, my my very first boot camp at Pickup 101, Daniel was one of my instructors over there. We're going to get all into that, but I became a coach for Pickup 101. We became good friends, did a bunch of crazy shit together, filmed the porn together, traveled together, um, (laughs) all sorts of good stuff. Um, And I hadn't heard from Daniel in it had been like, I don't know, maybe two or three years. And then recently we've been kind of more in touch and we'll go through all the reasons as to why that, that occurred as well. Um, but I'm really excited to to hear what everything that you've got to say. And, you know, all you guys are on the, on the call or anyone listening to this is lucky to uh, to be able to hear from a guy who's, who has such an extensive background as a student of the game and, you know, just personal growth in general and all the other crazy shit that, that I know he's done that I haven't even heard about yet. So thanks for
1: coming on, DP.
0: <laughs> hey, good to be here. And we gave Daniel the nickname DP Johnson in the uh, the little fun thing we filmed, and we'll talk about that later too, I guess. So can you kind of take us through just this crazy journey you've been on? Um, you know, give us the background before you and I met and how you got into it. All- Stuff. Um, what led you to becoming a coach for Pickup One Hundred and One? And I don't think I've ever even asked you, so I'm I'm curious as well. Right.
2: All right, so I guess we can start. When I was younger, I sucked with women. Um, a common story in these kinds of uh, communities and stuff. My particular way of sucking with women was that uh, I was actually like fairly charismatic when I was. One on one with people, or I had close friends, stuff like that but uh any anything more than like two or three people, if it was like a group of people, I'd just get quieter and quieter, and if it was people I didn't know, then I'd be definitely like in the corner of the room, like waiting for it to be over and so I didn't really meet people much that way, Of course, in college, I would get drunk, and then I'd be you know get a little social lubricant, actually, probably most of them approached me maybe all of them approached me come to think of it I don't (laughs) I don't think I ever was able to initiate a conversation with a woman that left me uh, a little bit at the mercy of fate because I didn't really have any choice it was just sort of go about my life and maybe someday a woman will sort of walk in Uh, and uh, I think in a lot of ways I was just like terrified I was I grew up around my mom and my sister, and they were always hating on men in some ways. Not, like, horribly, but they were always saying, like, Daniel, don't be an asshole, don't be a jerk. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll just be the nicest guy ever. And that was what I thought women wanted. They wanted a sensitive guy and a nice guy, So that's what my mom and sister always told me. (laughs) And I was always, like, wondering why that didn't work with women. That was, like, my how I suck story. I, you know, a lot of things happened. I had some a crazy life journey, but I got really into meditation for a while. And then I kind of had this insight. So I was probably, was I probably like 23 years old, something like that, 24 so years old. I had this insight, this realization that I could be the most amazing person with meditation. And, it was, you know, like I might have, I might be this really brilliant, creative person or whatever, or who knows but it doesn't really matter if no one ever sees that or if if I never, like, share that with the world or express any of it. So I realized that my real challenge wasn't so much about uh, going inside and being meditative, but my challenge was more like, how do I go out in the world and be social with people and talk to people and, like, push that boundary? So I decided to take it face, you know, head on, First thing I did is I got a job teaching English in Korea. Um, And that was like terrifying for me, just like getting up in front of a group of people and talking. And I started making rules for myself, like rules about like social interactions. Like one rule, for example, was if I was in an awkward moment where I didn't know, like, should I shake hands or should I not shake hands? I made a rule every time I'm going to shake hands. And then if I was in a situation where I didn't know, should I shake hands or should I hug? I made a rule every time I'm going to hug. Like, I just made the rule. I'm going for it. Like, I'm taking the lead. And and I had another rule. If friends ask me out, I'm going to say yes. No matter what, what they're doing, I just say yes. So I was already sort doing that kind of stuff. And then I found the pickup community back in 2004 or something like that.
0: I, I like those rules. First off, that's like a cool thing to do, you know?
2: So you were, you found the community while you were in Korea? Yeah, I, I found it in Korea. I, um, stumbled across a David D'Angelo newsletter and it was just mind blowing. It was like, Oh my God, I've been such an idiot. What was I doing? Like, I realized like all these times, like, Oh my God, that woman, she wanted me to kiss her. Like, Oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. Like, over and over again I had those sort of insights of like everything I had been doing wrong and didn't realize um, because I I pretty much had learned the exact opposite from from growing up like from my parents and and also from like tv you know watching cheesy Hollywood things where it's like yeah you're supposed to like get on your knees and beg women and stuff like that
0: yeah I mean I had a really similar mentality <clears throat> that yeah. sounds like you did all the nice guy shit and You know, growing up with my mom and two sisters, my dad was working a lot, so I didn't spend as much time with him, and I totally developed that same sort of, you know, strategy that just doesn't work. (laughs) So, you you saw all the David D stuff?
2: Well, I got online, and I found these forums, and, um, you know, there was a forum back then. I I don't know if he's even around, fastseduction.com. And it was cool because there was actually guys, like, in Japan, like, doing this stuff, writing up their reports. You know, it's also geeky. Like, and, like, there was no one in Korea that I could practice this with. I didn't really have, like, wingmen and all that cool stuff. Um, but I just had this online community. So I would write back and forth to some of these guys, and, like, they would give me some tips. It was really cool. And pretty much right away, I had, like, this huge turnaround in my success I mean within a month I was dating all these women in Korea and I mean, obviously like I'm a blonde guy in Korea. There's like a little, it helps me get my foot in the door, but I was not, I was having no success up until that point. And then just, you know, going out every weekend and meeting women all the time. It was, it was life changing. It was definitely like overnight sort of like, Oh my God, all of a sudden I have all this, this stuff, you know, these women that I've always wanted this like, and, and then uh, I had a new freedom to it and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. So good. But then when I came back to San Francisco, it was different because it was like, you know, it was, I didn't have that foot in the door anymore. It was like, I'm not special anymore because I'm not a foreigner. i just another American. So it took me a while of like getting back into it. That's when I found Pickup 101 and I did a workshop with Lance. Um, Lance and William. It was much cheaper back then everything has gotten kind of crazier these days but I got really involved I mean I've always been the kind of person like when I'm into something I just jump all in and I just spend all my time sort of obsessing over it which I you know I think that's gotten me a lot of good results so I just spent a lot of time hanging out with Lance and I started working for him in the office and going out with him and going out with lots of guys and so it, it's probably about six months after I got back to San Francisco, really like practicing, hanging out with him until he put me up in front of the room and said, you know, I'm to start teaching and I was super nervous at first and it took a little while to get into it. But And what were you doing when you got back
0: that gave you all that free time to just like kind of hang out and go out all the time? Because I know that's a big thing for a lot of guys, is, you know, they're busy with work or they're doing this, but, you know, they just don't yeah. have the time to dive in.
2: Oh, I mean, I literally wasn't doing anything. I came back from Korea. I didn't have a job or anything. I was selling some clothes on eBay for a little bit. And then Lance needed help with the business. So I got. It. So I just went straight into working. I mean, I was answering phone calls and building the website and doing all the busy work that Lance didn't want to do. You had a background in some of that stuff like coding and editing. and <laughs> I just sort of taught a lot of it to myself too, but... Uh, It was fun. It was just like building a little business from scratch. It was a good, definitely a good experience. It was an amazing lifestyle because that was my job and it was also like my hobby. So I spent a lot of time doing that. Mm -hmm. I guess, I think I took
0: my workshop in sometime around like May 2006, I think. So you had been... You'd been involved for almost like a year and a half, right? Up until that point? Yeah, I'd probably been teaching about a year. And when I came in the workshop, I remember I was like, all right, who's this David Spade lookalike guy?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys have to get an idea of what Daniel looks like, this Google David Spade. He looks a little bit like him. Much better looking,
2: though. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I had long hair, and I got that all the time back then. Everyone was like, David Spade, hey. I don't
0: know. <laughs> but um out of all the guys at the workshop, like Daniel was like super chill, really friendly, um, just like a really chill, easygoing, laid back guy, which I could totally relate to. That weekend I came to the workshop, it was funny cause we had um they were filming for like USA Today. And yeah. I was like I I agreed to be part of that that whole like report. <laughs> But it was cool, and the, the biggest thing I remember from it was, so, you know, just like any pickup workshop, a lot of the guys, like, a lot, I think there was, like, 16 guys, and I felt like there was, like, one or two other guys that were normal, and that was Ben and Flizz, and the three of us all ended up becoming instructors, and the other 13 guys, God knows what happened to them, but there were some fucking <laughs> weird guys. <laughs>
2: And uh, so anyways, c- continue on. That's, um, that's an interesting uh, insight there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a funny group of people that come to um, that sort of get attracted to it because it was such a wide range of people and um, some some difficult cases, I guess you could say.
0: I mean, looking back now, like a lot of the stuff from Pickup 101 was even pretty gamey. But compared to like the other shit out there, it was way more like you know, just normal and socially acceptable than, like, the entry yeah. method stuff and some of
2: the other, like, fast seduction stuff. Yeah, yeah, speed seduction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're feeling a great connection now. Fucking hey! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, what, I, after my workshop, I was just like, fuck, I want to hang out with these guys more. They're super cool. Like, the, all the coaches, that was. And then those two other guys yeah. I mentioned, Ben and is I should have them on the podcast, too. It'd be uh, an interesting interview. Um, yeah. And what I always remembered, like, whenever I'd come up and I basically did a sort of similar thing that you did. And I won't go into my story because everyone's fucking heard it a million times. But I just found a way to, like, hang out with you guys as much as possible, and, like, assist the workshops, help the coach and whatnot.
2: Mm-hmm. But I remember,
0: like, the community that you guys had in San Francisco, you're all kind of living together at, at Project SF, so tell us more about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I forgot to even mention that. Yeah, I, I moved in with Lance, we became roomies, isn't that cute? Uh, it, was, it was a nice place, that was a big, like, uh, eight-bedroom, sort of luxury loft apartment in San Francisco, we had a pool table, a fireplace, a little patio, a huge kitchen. And um part of the floors, there was seven of us living there, and everyone shared the common interest of uh, women we 'd go out we 'd party we 'd bring girls back it was It was definitely a good time we could probably write a whole book about some of the fun things that happened there.
0: I remember the one one time I came up there, and you and then that's when we filmed the whole uh, romping at the
2: Royal Motor Inn. <laughs> All blur now. I was doing like I was doing three workshops a month for a while definitely hardcore
0: so what I mean like going from a guy who like you know didn't have a lot of success, you're doing the nice guy thing, how long did you feel like it took until you were making like big progress like talk more about that like how you've kind of felt internally um anything you have to say about that?
2: I mean, in some ways, it was like, like I said, right, like when I was in Korea overnight, I had a huge turnaround, huge shift. But then in other ways, it was like, I don't know if I ever felt like I was totally successful. Um, you know, it's a little of both. There was always like, always bad nights, always like getting rejected and stuff. And, you know, today I was actually at the gym and I hit on this girl and she just gave me that look that's just like, as if I'm like the devil or something like rejected so hard, just with the, like that icy cold stare of, of like hatred. And it's like those moments still hurt. And it's still like, Oh God, I like, it still gets me. Sometimes I feel on top of the world, sometimes not, but, um, but I definitely had a lot of success. Like I can be very objective about that. There was a lot of success and, a lot of good times in San Francisco, but I think it's just sort of build, it builds, um, over time, naturally, like just getting better and better. Um, the more I had relationships, the more I was, I was just comfortable around women and, and um, they can sense that kind of thing. I mean, it's just something that, I don't know. I think maybe it just comes from experience, just that feeling of feeling comfortable around them and touching them and, and joking around and when we kind of, we kind of lost touch. Well,
0: I remember, I think, well, so you started dating Alexandra. Um, and then I think you guys were traveling, doing some workshops together. You know, we did that workshop together up in Seattle. We were doing, I think we went Mm -hmm. to Phoenix together. Like, you know, I remember it was like me, you, Eric Muncy, Ben, Liz, you know, that kind of crew. um, and then pickup 101 kind of like fell apart with the whole like Sean Lance drama. And, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's kind of when, I guess that's kind of when we sort of lost touch. Um, I ended up like going and doing starting inner confidence with Brian. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and then I think you went, didn't you win some contest and you got to go to Japan for like a couple weeks from then until like, we, we talked like intermittently. I know you were doing a lot of, meditation stuff but it was kind of like from then until just recently like I have no idea like all the crazy shit you were up to so
2: yeah. fill us in. Alexander and I were dating and she she was way into me she wanted to get married stuff like that she wanted to be monogamous and from the get-go it wasn't a monogamous thing and it's not like I had made that explicit at the time I was using more of Lance's style of just sort of like let her know what's up but without actually having a talk so that it doesn't it's not awkward it's like so she sort of so it wasn't like I was hiding anything she knew what was going on but I would do it in a joking way that she sort of would avoid the issue basically and she was pressing more and more like wanting to be more serious and uh, actually her and I we tried out for the TV show The Amazing Race so it's like couples run around the world and like Pretty fucking sweet. So we tried out for that, and um, they sent us to L.A. and it was it was totally badass. Like we went through this like week long interview process, and they loved us. And so we were supposed to be on this TV show, and they booked off the whole month of April for us to go. And uh, and we were we were like act- we were going to be on this on the show. It was pretty pretty fucking crazy, but
1: at the last wow. minute. Yeah.
2: We didn't we weren't allowed to tell anyone because that's part of the deal with the T V show is like they don't want to know right they don't want that leaked out to the public, right? So yeah, you didn't know. Nobody knew. So we had booked off all of April. Like I didn't schedule any workshops. We didn't have any work so that we could if they needed us, we could go, but we turned out to be alternates. So they were like, You could be first alternate, so if someone drops out, you'll be the first one we call. So that was like frustrating, disappointing, but one of the interesting things that happened is, uh, the interview process is like super hardcore. They just, they like challenged us and they like just try to like push your buttons and stuff. So they were asking all these questions. Like they were like in front of me, they're asking Alexandra, like, don't you think he's just manipulating you? Like, I mean, he's just this pickup guy. Like, do you really think he loves you? stuff like that. And, and like then asking me, like, do you really love her or is this just a game to you? Uh, and and it wasn't like they were doing it in some loving kind of compassionate way. Like your friend might ask you, like, how's that relationship going? You know, it wasn't like compassion. It was like TV producers like drilling into you. Uh, and, and you're not allowed to have like contact with the outside world either. So it was like a really intense week. Um, so there was all this, like, uh, it, it had me, like, questioning myself even. I was like, oh, my God, what and maybe I am just, like, seducing <laughs> everyone. And maybe I am just, like, this seduction guy that's, like, uh, super creepy. I don't know. Um, so I was questioning a lot of things. And um, so we didn't end up going on the show. And it just so happens, as I had time off, I, I thought, you know, maybe I'll go on a meditation retreat. I hadn't done it since, like I said, back in 2002, 2003, something like that. I hadn't done much meditation. And uh, um, so I scheduled it and I went on this meditation retreat and it was was pretty much just like mind-blowing, life-altering, just deeply, deeply profound, uh, hard to put into words like what that was like. Uh, I mean, I could tell you more about it if you're interested, but it was it was definitely a life-changing thing. And um, and it, part, of the, part of what resulted in that was, like, I came back from it, and I was, like, not really interested in women anymore. I was like, eh, not, I don't really want to go out and date or anything. Like, this is all I want to do is meditate. And so I decided to go, like, I decided to go for the monogamy thing. I was like, you know, this is the first time in my life I've ever tried monogamy. Let's give it a shot. So being more monogamous and not really in the pickup and more into meditation, I started to like drift further and further from the whole pickup and seduction world. Even though I kept working at pickup one one for another year after that, it wasn't really like my passion anymore. Um, and then it, like, I mean, I kept doing it. I kept doing workshops and kept traveling around. And I even did like a interview with uh, David D'Angelo at one point, which, I don't even know if there's any good looking back on it, but who knows? Maybe I'll listen to it someday. And uh, I kept doing the thing but for about a year. And then I decided, uh, you know what, this is really meditation is really what I want to be doing. So I'm just going for it. Like I said, like when I like something, I just obsess over it. So I quit quit Pickup 101 completely. And I moved out of the, ha- the pickup house. And I moved to a meditation center up near Yosemite in California. And I lived there for about six months. And then I bought a plane ticket to India. And I just went to India and went on a number of meditation retreats in India. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I saved a bunch of money from when I was working at Pickup 101. And then I just went and I lived. And the meditation center was like, I was doing a lot of volunteer work there. And then India is super cheap. And I, I had enough, uh, whatchamacallit, miles, like uh, frequent flyer miles from all the pickup 101 traveling that I got my ticket to India for free. So um, so I think I, when I spent a year meditating, I think I probably lived off of probably like not much more than $10,000 for the whole year or something like that. Um, I just sort of saved it up and then lived off it, and then I was just sort of broke, and I had to rebuild. Um, but for me, it's kind of like I think if something's important, like fuck it, I just do it, and I've always been that way, um, and that works for me. I know there's some people that are much more like responsible-minded, and sometimes I get a little jealous of them too, like, oh, uh, look at how they like have so much savings and all these like. You know emergency funds and 401 ks and all sorts of like really amazing things that and I'm like I've got you know I don't know, I've been traveling the world, <laughs> so it's life choices, you know, opportunity costs, you gotta just make whatever choice seems right for you, yeah, and I went and I just meditated. It was amazing. it was the best thing I've ever done with my life, and highly, highly so- recommend. If you get a chance, go on a ten day retreat at least
0: i I've never done any sort of meditation pretty much at all the, From what I've heard when I hear other people talk about it, it seems like I experience some sort of the same um, i don't even know how to describe it, but when i when I play hockey, I feel like I kind of go into almost a meditative state where like i'm I'm very present. I'm only thinking about like what I'm doing. Obviously I'm playing a sport, so it's a moving meditation. I don't know how how relatable that is, but can you talk more about like why you had such an awesome experience meditating, what it was like? Um, Cause obviously it, it totally, you know, had had your life turned in a completely different direction.
2: Yeah. Uh, man, meditation is so awesome. Like you got to, Get a shot, man. Go on a ten day, ten day retreat. Find ten days. Do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, what you're describing is like a concentration, which is meditative. There's there is meditation just for the purpose of concentration. You can concentration on your breath or on a mantra, or uh, it's the same thing when you concentrate on a sport or uh, a skill or. Artwork or something like that, or music. Um, when your mind becomes concentrated, becomes quieter, it becomes focused, all sorts of wonderful things, and uh, and that's really nice. And then there's a different or another layer to meditation, which is more insight meditation, which is where you start. It's not so much about quieting your mind, but just watching your mind and and uh, watching the nature of your mind, the nature of thoughts and the nature of being human and what it, what it's like to be human. And, uh, at a very like, uh, with a lot of presence, but at a very deep level, you get a, a much deeper sense of like life itself. Like, what is this? What, what is this thing that's happening right now? this like being alive thing. Um, and it leads to like some pretty profound insights. And whereas concentration sort of puts you in a state, um, that kind of meditation puts you in a calm state or a peaceful state or a blissful state insight. Meditation is more about it's more about a permanent sort of transformation. Uh, it's like cultivating wisdom, like direct wisdom, not an intellectual because you're not like thinking about things and philosophizing, but you're, when you really sort of get in touch with the nature of reality at that deeper level, then just, there's a wisdom that comes from that. Uh, I didn't mushrooms. I don't know.
0: and um I had mm-hmm. <laughs> experience that sort of similar. Uh it was a very yeah. introspective experience. But yeah, you know, that's the only thing that that I can relate to.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well and I I've done mushrooms as well and for me it was like a kind of similar thing except one difference is that it feels much more sober. Um but it was also much more like profound and even deeper and more profound for me.
1: I have a question. Uh, Like for you, what is the most important realization or breakthrough that you have from meditation?
2: Oh man, that's such a good question. Um, Except I think it's like, uh, I mean, what like, I wish I could put it into words. Meditation is such a like a lived experience. And, and in a way I think, you know, dating and relationships are too it's kind of like um and and going to the gym is another example like there's things that you learn something like I I know how to lift the weight but it's not like I know that intellectually and um and I know how to talk to a woman but I don't really know that intellectually it's it's like you have to actually live it and so meditation is a similar kind of thing like the biggest insights are just to sort of like They're sort of in the body. It's like like a felt experience more than an intellectual thing. So I'm not sure if this is even making sense, but that makes it hard to describe. I think the deepest that meditation goes is really coming to know like who or what I am or you are, like to know the self. Um, Because as you start to watch things, you watch your mind, and as you watch thoughts, you realize actually that's just a thought. That's not me. And if that's just a thought, then who, who am I? Like, who's the thinking, who's thinking the thought. And the more you look at everything, it's like everything you're looking at, it's just like, these are just things arising and passing thoughts, feelings, but it becomes much less personal. Um, it's just sort of like nature happening inside my mind, inside my body, um, without any sense of like there being a me there, um, which might sound kind of trippy. Um, but it's also kind of grounded in a way because it what happens is you stop taking things so personally. So it's like, um, if someone gets pissed off at me, it's not like a problem anymore. It's not like, Oh, you know, they hurt my feelings. It's like, whose feelings did they hurt? These are just feelings, like whatever. I don't have to get so, so attached to like these little things. Like, Oh, you know, maybe I'm angry or whatever. It's like, whatever. Okay. I'm angry. Right now I'm angry. Tomorrow I'll probably be happy. Then I might be sad. It's like these things aren't such a big deal. Um, And so I think there's a sort of like uh, peace, a sense of peace, a sense of freedom, and all that. Um, uh, Does that? Does any of that make sense? It's kind of like a little trippy, but
1: Uh, yeah, I get a sense of what you mean. It's just like focusing on. Their awareness of their awareness, you know, who, what is the self? You know, the self is nothing really. We're, you know, half controlling, half not controlling in the world, and I I think I get that.
2: But it's not just like a
1: philosophical
2: thing of like, what is this? Because there's philosophers that talk about like, what is the self, or therapists, or psychologists. It's more just like we need to directly experience these things. It transforms you. It transforms the way you live your life. Um, So, uh, who knows why? I hadn't experienced that one it was that awesome, but it was, it really was. I feel grateful. Um, I've had some really incredible, there's still definitely more, more in the past, but, um, but yeah, this is, I would say it was stronger than any drug I've ever done. Yeah. I try one out 10 day course. I know I need, I need to be sold a lot harder though. Cause it's like,
0: <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that sounds more painful to me and sitting for 10 days meditating. <laughs> like, literally, I don't... Like, if I was sentenced to, uh, you know, a prison state, like, <laughs> like, that
2: actually sounds like the worst thing ever. So, those courses are, like, super... Um, they're super built for beginner. Like, they give you step-by-step-by-step, by step by step, like, tiny instructions, and I swear... I mean, I've taught a lot of workshops and stuff, but this guy the guy who started it, SN Goenka, that's his name. He was a businessman and he knows how to like create a workshop. So to speak, it's not, I mean, meditation workshop. Um, like he sets up everything. He sets context. He gives you instructions. He repeats them over and over. So you don't miss them. You only get like one little piece at a time. So he builds on itself. Um, so you don't really need to prep for that. It's, it's like, All you have to do is go in and and with a completely, like, open mind of, like, I'm just going to try this. Give it 100%. If you have any objections to it, like, save those for after it's over. You know, like, give it a fair trial. That's what he says. Give it a fair trial. But as far as, like, meditation and pickup, uh, that's an interesting question. People definitely have, like, asked me that many, many times over the last couple of years. and Lance even was, like, at one point telling me, like, oh, you should teach, you know, teach classes on meditation and, and like, build it in. He wanted to, like, build it into his company or something. Um, I'm not sure if I have, like, good answers on that. but I can say it's definitely, definitely improved my relationships, the way I relate with people. So much more compassion, so much more understanding for people, so much more, like, patience and spaciousness. I don't get as frustrated or angry like I I just enjoy talking with people. I don't like if they do something that irritates me. Um you know which which uh, ironically actually relates to Robbie's comment because what you're doing is you're spending 10 days really getting to find peace within all of your pain and suffering. You know, the 10 days of sitting is like hell. Um but you're but you're finding a way of like finding peace with that. And then when you go back out in the world and when a woman does something that used to just piss you off, you can just be, like, calm. You can be at peace and just, like, uh, you know, this is this is just life. It just comes and goes and this is part of life and I don't have to freak out about it. Um, so, so it's definitely helped my relationships. Um, but at the same time, it's also, like, a very introverted sort of inward process. And so it's not, like... Uh, there is, I think, a sort of skill set to socializing of you know, banter and charming wit and uh, witty comebacks and, and timing and facial expressions and all that kind of stuff that's not, you're not practicing any of that. You're just sort of sitting there like a lump. Uh, and, and then if you go out and try and pick up women by m- meditating at them, <laughs> they're probably going to be like, what well, the hell is this? Get away from me. Um, so, uh, so it can be tough. It can be tough to integrate, or for me at least, it was tough to like integrate those kinds of things together. Uh, I mean, that's still something I, that is like I'm exploring in my life and and trying to figure out. Uh, I'm still still trying to answer that question for myself. Um, but there are a lot of interesting, you know, there are some more interesting stuff like David Data, for example. Is a guy that's um, teaching a really interesting way of relating with women that's built on presence and more meditative, tantric and stuff like that.
0: And I found a lot of value in that. The Way of the Superior Man is a good book to read, for example. Um, and, you know, his stuff goes goes pretty deep. I haven't studied a whole lot. It probably just, like, you know, touched the, the surface. Sorry to, to go off on a tangent there, but when... Um, Getting back to your story, because I, I want to make sure we go through the whole thing. So, so, pick us back where you left off. I'm not really sure exactly.
2: Hmm. I went to India. I came back, went back to California. Um, I still wanted to just meditate. I, actually, I didn't even really want to leave India, but some circumstances, I had to come back to California. So, I moved into this little cabin up in the woods, in the Redwoods. I got a job working a few days a week for a farm. And I was just like living in a cabin and trying to meditate for part of this. I was intentionally trying to make myself unattractive to women.
0: Why were you doing that? That's <laughs> so weird. Uh, I mean, I
2: think it relates to what I was saying before about after that interview with the produce, the TV producers at amazing race. And I, I started really questioning like, you know, am I a seductive person? Like they did this like two hour long personality uh, assessment with like a with a therapist that like asked a ton of questions and, and she just like really like trying to figure out what kind of person is this. And, and she was telling me all about how I seduce people. Like she, she could, she was telling me like, Oh yeah, of course you seduce people. Like, cause you have this quality and that quality people like kind of fall under a spell. And it was amazing to like get that kind of feedback. Uh, but it it was all part of a sort of chain of like inner questioning and inquiry that really led me to a place of like uh, seeing a lot of ways in which I had been relating to people that just didn't feel like uh, it was with integrity. Some of it's still stuff that I question a lot. And I just being seductive, just just like being that sort of like surface level personality, it's it's an interesting thing, um, you know, because that's what, for better or worse, that's what people judge us on is like, these first impressions and our surface-level appearance. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know exactly, but for me, it was more of, like, an ethical thing. I was like, I don't really want to mess around with this stuff. It's not like I quite took a vow of celibacy, but it was almost like that. I was like, I'm just not going to get involved with that right now. So I grew out a beard, and I refused to banter with women (laughs) for a while. (laughs) There were times where there's a lot of people that just like to flirt also, you know, flirts in the world. And, um, and these people are out there that just flirt with anybody. I mean, I'm kind of like that too. Uh, so women would start flirting with me and like, uh, I just sort of wouldn't follow the thread. I noticed that when I was bantering with people, it was almost like a drug. Like people were, people would get high off of my banter um, I would feel kind of high off of it and it was a weird feeling. It's like, what is this? Do I really want to be out intoxicating people in this way? I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, no,
0: it totally does. I can totally relate to that. Yeah. It, it's almost like an altered mind state because you're, you, I think there's like serotonin going into your brain. And you're kind of, you know, you're connecting on that different, different wavelength it's probably an altered brain state of some sort, you know, when you're like flirting with a girl and you're kind of vibing with her and you're getting that rush of like all those good feelings in your brain. It's for sure like a drug, like every time I'm out and I'm having a mm. good night, it's it's when I'm out and feeling those sensations versus like being in my head and thinking about like, how am I going to approach this girl or what I'm going to say to her. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I can totally, you
2: know, I feel like, that you described it you know? exactly how I experienced it too. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Very weird. For uh, to me, at least, I think it's weird. Uh, and okay. So I was living in California and at some point, Alexandra and I got back together for about a year or two. I didn't, I had no interest in women. And then I started to sort of like, okay, maybe, you know, we were still in touch So it was like, well, I don't know. Let's hang out. She was in town. It's like, let's hang out. We hung out and it felt good. And it was like, well, this is kind of like cool. So we just kind of got back together. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, the transition was, there was definitely a period where it was like, no, I just was not interested in women. It It just seemed so like meaningless to me. Like, what's the point? I've had that, you know, I've had those experiences. It's not like I'm, collecting experiences, like, what what good does it do me to have more, like, experiences, you know, just put in my memory bank or something. So it was like, eh, I'm over it. But, yeah, we stayed in touch, and then we sort of got back together, kind of falling back in love. A whole bunch of stuff happened, a bunch of drama. It was painful, miserable. (laughs) There was some bad, lots of crying and stuff like that. Um, But we ended up breaking up. So. That was, uh, so that was about three years ago. That was uh, my last, uh, big relationship. I, you know, I've dated some girls since then and whatnot, but, um, haven't really had like a girlfriend since then. And, uh, just recently was like sort of getting back into things and like going out and doing some pickup and I hit you up and was like, Hey Robbie, what's up? What led you?
0: I mean, I remember when you messaged me. Um, you're you seemed pretty torn. Like you're like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of want to get back into it, but I don't really want to get back into it. I don't know. That was maybe like two weeks ago or so. Um, mm-hmm. what was kind of going through your head then, and and what's going through your head, you know, now, and what led you to to kind of get back into it? Because how long has passed ha- like, so when did you and Alexandra, like, break up, break up? How long ago was that?
2: Yeah, it's been about three years now. And and I have, like, dated, and I've, like, done a few random approaches here and there. How um, did I end up in Philly? That's a whole nother story. I, I decided I wanted, I mean, I needed a new career, because I, I thought about actually becoming a Buddhist monk and just taking off the robes and doing that, but... I looked into it. I stayed at a monastery for a little while and decided that wasn't really the path I wanted. So I knew I needed another career. And I wanted to do something that I really felt like I could have a lot of integrity with, uh, that I, you know, helping people in a real, like, tangible way. So I was looking into different healthcare things and I decided to get into nursing. So I'm now a a registered nurse. And uh, I went to school in Philadelphia and I work in Philadelphia now. And that's how I ended up here. I've been here about two years. Um,
1: okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet gig. It's like I don't know. it has its ups and downs. But um
0: Is it um, what they say their party animal? <laughs> we have a we have a running joke. <laughs> um like whenever you meet, like, you know, and I think this is this is specific to like when you meet girls out, but like whenever you meet a group of nurses out of the bar, they're usually like nurses, flight attendants, and teachers are always like way more down to party and hook up than other professions. Like you know, in, in my experience and a lot of the experience of other guys. So.
2: <laughs> I don't know about a
0: But uh, <laughs> at the time,
2: I think it be so you're falling into the scared. <laughs> um, yeah I mean I don't know it's funny because like a lot of that stuff like I, I mean I don't, I don't want to sound too weird or something but a lot of it like I can't really relate to these days I don't know that, like partying and stuff and going out drinking that stuff still not really doesn't really interest me a whole lot um, I like to meditate and go out in the woods and like feel the breeze on my skin and, and like listen to birds and stuff like that Um <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my idea of a fun day but um, but yeah I mean I, I've i uh, I've been conflicted in a number of ways I think there's some really interesting things um, uh, that I've been sort of like thinking about one thing that I've been doing is I've actually been watching some videos um, of actually R S D videos Tyler Durden he's actually like a buddy of mine from back in the day and Jeffy too um, but I watched some videos and, and he got me thinking about a couple of things. Um, one of them is kind of this idea. Actually, I think I listened to one of your podcasts. I think you might've been hitting on this too. Is like it, there's this really weird, um, like I think at some point as you're going through this process of learning these pick up these skills and stuff, I, I think probably most guys kind of reach a point of this, of seeing this, that it's like, there's something weird about how women are attracted to things that don't seem, well, obviously they're not logical. First of all, they're not rational things, um, but it's sort of like like if I were to think about it logically, I'd be like, well, I'm a good guy. You know, I'm caring, I have good qualities. Therefore, that should be enough to like attract women. And then you go out into the world and it's like, "Oh, actually, Women like that stuff, but that's not really what gets their attention. It's like it's this other stuff of like um being charismatic and um being comfortable, like taking the lead and stuff like that. Um which which interesting enough is like kind of behaviors that you can just learn. It's like just you can just learn the skill. And then I feel like, you know, I could be bantering with a woman and I'm like, this is just it it almost can be like sort of robotic. Like I'm just saying, lines and you're giggling and it's like this seems so stupid like you don't even realize what's happening I'm just saying these cute lines and you're giggling and you're getting attracted um and it's like I mean there's like biological triggers going on and stuff but it it led me to a lot of questions and stuff um but I think I think there is some like kind of wisdom in being able to say well like that's just the way it is like rather than trying to like be all like it should be this or it should be that. Like it you know, women should just like me for who I am and I shouldn't have to do the like who cares what it sh- what you think it should be. Like it doesn't really matter what you think. Like it is what it is. That's that's life. That's being human. That's the world we live in. Um mm-hmm. and I think I think there's some wisdom in kind of accepting that. I think I heard you saying something like that one of the podcasts like um I don't know. I don't know yeah. exactly what you said, but you hit on that. Um, so I think maybe that's part of me finding like some reconciliation with, I, I like, I think, um, I think probably one of my influencers in life is my dad. Who's like super always been super like concerned with ethics and stuff like that. And I mean, I don't want to like try and claim I'm like some sort of morally, awesome guy or something, but, but he always made me like question these kinds of things. And, um, so, so I think a lot about like morals and ethics and stuff like that. Um, and, and that's kind of just been like what I've been thinking about recently. Um, but another part of like, what's kind of like appeal appeals to me about it right now. Cause, um, it's definitely not like I want to go out and like get laid a bunch and like, I don't really have any interest in that at all. Um, but one, but another thing about it that I really love is like this idea that it's like of, of just being comfortable and feeling safe in the world, like feeling safe and comfortable in the world, like in social interactions, like that I can just be myself, like that I can just walk up to anybody and talk to them about anything. And it's not like I have to feel some anxiety or worry about it, like, uh, like, it's absurd. Like, there's what's going to possibly happen. There's nothing, it's just a human being. Like, let's say they get upset. Well, whatever. Like, so they're upset. And then you can say, well, you know, what are you upset about? Like, let's talk about it. Tell me, you know, come here, my friend. Let's talk about how you're upset or whatever. Like, it's not like a big deal Or it's like, oh, no, you're upset. Oh, I must have done something wrong and I should, or I'm a horrible person or that person's fucked up and they're a horrible person. It's like, this huge this huge deal so and um so i I like the idea of like growing into that more and more um, because that's still not like natural to me it's still something like i can I can become even more just like comfortable as me being me living my life in a social world um and it's also like the world I think I would like to see is like a world where people don't just live in their bubbles and they can uh uh, like that, we talk to each other and, and we listen to each other and we get to know each other. Like even if it, even if we're so-called strangers, and it's like uh, like why do we why do we live, um, you know, in in the world that way? And like this whole thing recently about street well, harassment is a big me. deal.
0: Yeah, what's that? I want, to bring up, I want to bring up something you said to me recently. Um, we were talking on Facebook and you said, you know, I want to, you know, give it, I want to go out there and and try to meet someone. Um, you know, you said, how old are you right now? 37. 37. Right. And, and you're like, you know, I think you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, like you want to give it like a couple years, maybe three years, try to meet someone. And if not, Mm -hmm. you're totally cool just like doing your own thing for the rest of your life. Can you talk about that
2: uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely like the appeal these days of like family and stuff i my sister just recently had two little boys, so I got two nephews now, ages two and four, and um, so seeing that seeing other friends, I mean, it's probably a typical thing that happens in your thirties and maybe maybe other ages too, but. You see you see that you kinda get a sense of like, oh family. So I like it. I like the idea. I think it'd be fun to like meet a woman and really connect with her, really like build something long term. Um I think that's another thing that's appealing in the thirties is like the idea of like long term goals and long term like building things. Um it's not as like um near as being in as it was for me at least in my twenties. Um so, so I'd like that. I think, it, uh, I mean, I'm not going to just like rush into it uh, if it doesn't feel right, but I, I like that. Um, but I definitely also feel like um totally okay if it doesn't happen because there's so many other amazing things I can do with my life. And there's also a lot of like freedom of not having a relationship, the freedom to like do whatever you want, travel the world or spend energy on other projects and um, so, so I feel comfortable with that. I think it's, some um, I, uh, that's kind of a rough plan right now I'm just give it a few years, see what happens. And, um, I think I would be totally thrilled to just like be a monk and meditate and not, uh, and not have to worry about all the other stuff like family and responsibilities like that.
0: Well, it's cool that you can go either way and you're not attached to the outcome
2: and they're so different,
0: right?
2: So, they are different. Yeah. I mean, I like a family sort of, I mean, I I don't know. I think it's probably like a 18, 20 year project, something like that. Um, so it's kind of, it's not like it has to be the rest of your life. Not, I mean, I think if I would, I think I could like, you know, get married for the rest of my life kind of thing. But, but after the kids project is over, um, (laughs) <laughs> more or less so to speak <laughs> I don't know it's not you know 20 years from now I might be like oh my god I was such an idiot when I was 37 like I didn't know what the hell I was talking about but um it's the way it seems at least it's like there's always time to do more later in life as well it's a funny thing thinking about life and like what do you want to do with it and all that stuff <laughs>
0: so Curious if anyone else on the call, um, you know, if you guys have any questions or you know
2: comments, go ahead. I'll open up the line. Yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to jump into like, um, I mean, it's, it's like something I just like talk about myself and something I'm like curious, like real questions, like you're like, what are you really curious about? Like, I, I don't know, I love like just like exploring stuff. So hit me with anything. Let's talk about something. <laughs>
1: So I guess you know, based on your whole story, you went from a pickup coach to a meditation guide. You know, I'm just wondering to you what what would be the I guess for you, what would be the ethical way to approach a woman then in that sense?
2: I mean, I think well the first thing that comes to mind is freedom from outcome. I I don't know, that's just a phrase that's in my mind right now, but I think if you're not attached to an outcome, I don't, I can't see how there's like a harm in that. Like if I'm just like, I'm just enjoying my life and I'm just talking to people and I'm just enjoying talking to people, enjoying being human and like talking to other humans on this like crazy adventure called planet earth, you know, and we're just getting to know each other. Um, Yeah. I can't see anything. Uh, any problem in that and um, you know I think uh, I think there's interesting questions about what happens next obviously because there's like sex and sex is like can be incredibly tangled up and messy uh, like all sorts of emotions can get entangled and people can make assumptions and then they have desires and needs and uh, expectations and it just like can be painful and stressful. Um, but I think um, uh, I mean I think the other thing is like not to ever make make it about them. Like never put it put it on them. I mean I guess that's the same thing, freedom from outcome. But in relationships, I try. I don't know if I'm good at it or not, but I try to like not not expect them to like take care of my needs. Like I don't expect a woman to like make me happy or. or I don't even expect her to like understand me or to listen to me or or even to love me like, or whatever. Like, I mean, it's good if she does, like, obviously I like, I want that, but it's like, if, if one day I come home and she's like, I fucking hate you. then it's like, okay, today she fucking hates me. Like it's not her job to love me. Um, so yeah, I guess that's sort of still on the same line of like, um, being free from the outcomes, free from expectations and all the neediness and all that stuff. Um, I would be totally curious to hear what you guys say, because I want to know the answer to, the, to those questions too. So thanks.
0: Well, cool. I, I got to run, but um, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been great uh, hearing your story and, and all those insights. Yeah, it was Okay. <laughs> We never really get too excited about anything, so I'll take care. <laughs> dick. <laughs> uh,
2: right, cool. it was talking to you too, man. Yeah, take care. I would love to talk to any of you guys more. Definitely, if you have questions or want to talk about stuff, and uh, and check out the website dharma.org if you want to do a vipassana retreat. D H A D-H-A-M-M-A. M M A. dot org. org. Cool.
1: All right, guys. I'll talk to everyone soon. Thanks, buddy. All All right. right. Bye-bye.